All right. Hey, we're here again. It's Pat. It's Jamie. Another Devo. Yep. And uh, to, yeah, yep, that's right. And today we are uh, in the Old Testament and we're looking at the story of Josh. <laughs> yep. Checking out Josh. <laughs> Old Josh. Yeah. If you're going to follow along in your Bible, you can open up to Josh chapter three. <laughs> Joshua. You ever have any friends? You ever have any friends named Josh? Uh, Yeah, one. You know, there was a, a kid in the youth group named Josh for a little while. That's so, true. I like that guy. That was a good guy. Yeah. And then in high school, I knew a, a basketball player named Josh. He was very tall. And yeah. that's yeah. about it. That's Josh. And oh, I was in a small group with someone named Josh once. So you've known a ton of Josh. I've Joshes. known a few Josh everywhere. Yeah. So what about you? Uh, nope, not one. No, jo- not even a single Josh. No, no joshing no, around for you. No joshing around for me. Uh, no, I've known a few Joshes, including one of the ones that you've mentioned. Yeah. Um, you know two. You but know today two we're going to go. Mentioned. Oh yes, two. There we go. Today we're going to go all the way back to Joshua, and we're in chapter three, verse seven through seventeen. Yeah. Um, you want me to read it? Uh, how about this? I'll read the first chunk, yeah. you read the second okay. chunk, and I'll wrap it up at the last chunk. Lots of chunks. Yeah. We're just going to chunk this thing up. Starting at, ver- have it yeah. go. Starting at verse 7. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, When you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord, your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Parasites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zethrin, while the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabath, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed until the whole nation had completely crossed on dry ground. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yeah. Thanks be to God. Uh, So the passage, verse 7 and 8, kind of just starts off with God talking to Moses. Uh, Today I'll begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel. So they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the yeah. Ark of the Covenant when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Easy command. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It, you know, right? It's like, hey, uh, pick up this Ark. 
go walk, go into the river, it'll all be good. Now, I think probably what's helpful to realize, too, in the context of this whole story is, you know, um, Moses has passed away. He's he's gone now. Um, and Joshua has been told to be strong and courageous and to uh, to go out and lead these people. And he's supposed to lead them into the promised land. And um, there's a question, though, is these people have spent 40 years wandering out in the desert. Right. They've. They've been, uh, they probably are pretty exhausted from that kind of a lifestyle. And we hear that only, I think, two people in the Bible made it from Egypt into the promised land. Uh, it was like a whole generation basically changed. Uh-huh. So Caleb was one of them and Joshua was the other, uh, which means everyone else who's there, they've only really ever known this desert lifestyle. Um and there's always this question with, with the people of Israel, and that is, are they going to follow God's appointed leader or are they going to rebel? Mm. And so this is important, right? Yeah. So this is why this is why it says at the beginning, like, hey, I'm going to exalt you in the eyes of Israel um, so that those people will know that I'm with you like I was with Moses. Like, because when they left Israel, uh, or when they left Egypt, when Israel left Egypt, there was a lot of miracles. There was a lot of good stuff. But the people who are there now are not necessarily the same people who saw this, but they heard the stories of it. And so those people are just trying to figure out how to live for God and how to do the right thing. But they may not have total trust in Joshua. They may think that Joshua, as a leader, is just making it up on his own, that he's not really following God. Mm. And so God's going to provide this sign for them. Right. Yeah. And so Joshua goes and talks to the Israelites and tells them kind of the plan. Uh, you know, go. he went to um, all the different people groups and got the 12 people from the 12 tribes uh, to come and carry the ark. So I feel like we can just skip over that little chunk because it's just Joshua kind of explaining the plan. Versus yeah, but there's a cool thing in it, too, that I want to point out, right? He's like, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. Yeah. Right? So he's not like, listen to my words, verse 9. He's like, listen to God's words. Right. That's Have you ever, have you ever like, you probably don't say that often to people. <laughs> right. Like, you're getting ready to get into a meeting, and you're like, okay, hey, listen to what God is telling you right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I feel like I um, should that's a, start, you know, a, a message at youth group that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Come that, and listen to the words a, of the Lord your God. Yes, and it's it's like pretty bold statement, but a pretty good one. You know, whenever whenever we finish reading, we say, you know, the word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Uh, because the Bible is God's word, and it is the word of the Lord. Right. But Joshua is now saying this, and it's not uh, the Bible he's talking about necessarily, right? I mean, it will, it will eventually be the Bible, um, but... At that point, it's just something that God has told him. Right. Yeah. So it, a lot of faith and a lot of trust is going in here. Joshua had, had to have a lot of faith in himself that he delivered what God was telling him. The people that he was telling had to have a lot of faith in Joshua that it was actually God's words. So a lot of cool uh, faith layers going on here. But then we get to verse 14, and this is kind of where the plan gets put into action, right? So when the people broke 
camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. And then talks a little bit about the Jordan River. The Jordan was at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water's edge. The water from upstream stopped flowing and it piled up into a great heap. That sounds like it would make some for some really good fishing. Yeah, so um, the water stands up in this heap, right? It sounds like a pretty good fishing situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, you want to know something kind of weird? Yeah. The word for heap is, uh, it's like ned in Hebrew. And um, the uh, it's like a mass of water or a dam. Uh-huh. And it comes from the root word for it is the word it means to to pee, to go to the bathroom. Oh, nice. <laughs> hey, there you go. There you <laughs> so, go. <laughs> that's kind of a gross word. Yeah. Um, but if you think about it, like the water all like kind of hanging out in one place in a heap, uh, kind of like waiting to to leave. Right. So you didn't, you didn't know when you were going to do this Devo that people were going to be talking about the Bible and about peeing at the same time. <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. Sorry, it's in there. There you go. Yeah. Um, but how cool, though. How I mean, it would have been so neat to be the, the people who like stepped in the river, the water's edge, the priests, and stepped, and then all of a sudden the water kind of went down and receded. And then they had that very soft, you know, if you ever walked in a river before that's been dried up, the sand in a river is so different than the sand on, on a trail or on the beach or something. It's very soft and it's kind of hard to walk in, but it would have been so neat to actually get to experience that. Yeah. And I don't know if any of you, and, and I don't know what part of the Jordan where they crossed, I have never been there and looked at all the topography of it. But if you've ever crossed a river, especially at, you know, they say it's at flood stage and the water's really moving, it is difficult to cross. Even if it's only like knee high water, it will knock you over if the water's really moving. Right. Um, so there had to be a boldness of faith for these uh, these people to grab this ark and in the ark to the Israelites is the most precious thing they have. It's like the thing of highest value they have as a country, yeah, uh, as a people group. And so they're taking the most valuable thing they have and they're about to walk it into a river that's at flood stage. Right. Um, this is taking faith on all of their parts. And, you know, you kind of wonder like what would have happened if they had walked in and then everything just got washed away. Yeah, including themselves. Right. Including themselves. Yeah. Now, when we think about the the history of these people, it begins with an ark. Uh, the folks of Exodus, from the story of Exodus, it begins with a baby named Moses who was put in a little basket and floated uh, down, down this river. Yeah. That was like the beginning. Uh, of his story. Uh, he was saved by having this little ark, this little um, boat of his. And so this is like a reoccurring theme in um, the, the nation of Israel is they have these places of safety. Mm. They have these um, spots that, uh, they have these spots that are places of safety, places of protection 
And God is the one who's providing for them, the one protecting them. So instead of protecting just one baby, he's going to protect an entire nation now. Uh, by holding the waters. Now, I just wonder about the town called Adam, <laughs> how flooded that town got. Yeah. Stopping a, yeah, a, right? stopping a flooding river is also very difficult to do. It re- re- would require a large dam. And I just wonder how flooded that area got. <laughs> Looking on, verse 17, the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed until the whole nation had completely had completed the crossing on dry ground. Now, this is very cool. The priests were the ones that were holding the water back and they had to stand there until every last person went across. Now, everyone in the nations had to have trust in the priests as well, that they didn't get tired or decide that they uh, enough people had crossed and, and start to go. But also the priests standing there would probably be a, like you were saying, a little bit of a terrifying experience knowing what could come down the river literally at any moment so quickly that you wouldn't have time to run. Like the water could be released so fast that there's nowhere to go. You couldn't escape it. It would have been a scary thing to do. Yes. Yeah. Um, The other part of it too is there, these guys like there's, it would have taken a ton of time the entire nation of Israel to cross in front of you. Yeah. Um, You know, I don't know how long that would have taken, uh, but it wasn't like, you know, five minutes and everyone's across and you're good. Yeah. Right. Um, We're talking about like an entire County worth of people uh, crossing. Yeah. On foot. Now the good news is that (laughs) on foot. Yeah. With animals and, um, and all their stuff. Uh, you know, at this point, they're probably pretty good at it since they've had 40 years to perfect their uh, their abilities here. But so these guys are standing there and they're not just standing, holding it back. They're also carrying the ark. And uh, according to Google, because we love Googling things, um, some people have estimated the weight of the ark to be about 600 pounds. Wow. So re- help me, I if my memory serves me correct, the ark can't be set on the ground. It has to be held all the time, correct? Yeah, it's supposed to be held, and it's supposed to be held with these poles. Uh-huh. And um, I think, did it say that there was one person per 12? Yes, there's 12, one person from 12 tribes, 12 men that were appointed to hold the ark. So let's just say it's 12, and let's just say the arc weighs 600 pounds. Yeah. Uh, they're all holding 50 pounds. That's, yeah. Right? Right. So you're holding, like, if, if it was my turn to pick a guy, I'm going to pick, like, the biggest, strongest guy. That's right. You know, 50 pounds is, is no joke. And to, to stand there holding that for that long. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, that's, there's like, a, there's, like, a physical feat to that. Right. It's not something that's just super simple, super easy. Yeah. yeah. Um, about them. About you know, it's not good. It's not push a button and the water gets held back. It's, hey, carry this really heavy, expensive thing yeah. and stand there for hours holding it. <laughs> yeah. About a, a month and a half ago, my mom moved and I, hel- I helped her move. And part of my task in helping was to go and get a U Haul. And the U Haul place is 
about five blocks away from my house. And so I figured, hey, I'll just walk down there instead of drive so I don't have to have an extra car somewhere. And I had all of my tools with me because I was going to have to help hang things, maybe fix a few things in the new place she was moving. So I had all my tools with me. And I thought, I'll just walk the five blocks with my tool bag, which I don't think is 50 pounds, but it's still kind of heavy. And I'll tell you, that was like, that made that five block walk that I do every day with my dog incredibly difficult. (laughs) So I can't imagine walking who knows how far, obviously pretty far, carrying something that's 50 pounds in unison with 11 other people and then standing and holding it for Mm -hmm. so long. I would be so incredibly exhausted. (laughs) And and you have to, you have to carry your weight or you're going to have to rely on other people to kind of help as well if you need to take breaks but there's a lot of teamwork that goes in to this and if everyone needs to take a break at the same time well that's really not going to work right yeah exactly like there has to be some coordination and maybe even some you know some intervention from the lord having these guys hold this stuff up but here's what's cool right it tells us later on in scripture that jesus is the great high priest yeah uh and the purpose of a priest is to intercede on behalf of the people uh, to make sacrifices for the people, to to guide the people as well. But really, it's to be, you know, kind of get in the way between um, the people and, uh, and God and God's wrath at times, mm-hmm. right? And so this is a great illustration of that happening that you pointed out, Pat, that here are the priests who are holding the water back um, because God directed them. They're listening to God and they are in the way. Uh, they're keeping the water back so that the people can be safe. And so that is uh, that is a good thing to do. And we as believers in Jesus, there's this thing that we in Reformed tradition that we, we say is that there's the priesthood of all believers yeah. and that we uh, we can all be priests to some to some level. Right. And so this is our job. It's to support each other, to to help each other out, to intercede for each other, to pray for each other. So. I would just say this today, whatever you're doing, if there's someone in your life who maybe needs some extra grace, maybe needs some extra saving, some extra help, um, intercede for them. What does that mean? Say a prayer for them. Yeah. You know, go to the Lord and say, God, I really, really care about, you know, whoever that might be. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's someone named Josh, right? Uh, go to the Lord and and bring their name up before the Lord. And God might tell you to do something brave in their life. God might say, it's good. I got this. Um, but that's what being a priest is about. So that's the challenge for today. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in. If you need help with that challenge, if you need us to pray for you or give more advice or elaborate on anything we've talked about anytime, you can always reach out. Our email addresses are simple. It's either Jamie or Patrick at solanapress.org, S-O-L-A-N-A-P-R-E-S dot O-R-G. We would always be more than happy to give you a phone call or email, text back and forth, go over anything that we've talked about. So if you need extra help or just prayer, please reach out. The email addresses are also going to be in the description of this podcast and in the, de- the overall description up at the top, wherever you are listening. So feel free to reach out. We're always here. Bye, everyone. <laughs>